studies have linked gratitude to all sorts of health benefits. How about this one? Be compassionate toward yourself because the Father is compassionate towards you. In fact, 1 Peter says, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. We're the least compassionate with ourselves. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be so anxious. Oh, and then you get more anxious because now you're down on yourself about being anxious. And it's this horrific cycle. Be compassionate toward yourself. And then choose your thoughts at night before you go to bed. Choose your thoughts. Dallas Willard used to say that the last thing on your mind at night as you drift off to sleep will tend to occupy your subconscious attention through the night. Choose what you think about when you go to bed. We could spend a few weeks on this, but it's important to know from this passage that this spirit who is spacious brings us into a space of peace. Here's the third one. The spirit who is spacious creates space for bright things to flourish. Creates space for bright things to flourish. So here's what happens. The decluttering and the reordering of our lives in that last step, right, enables bright things to flourish. And it gives space for growth and for health and for vitality. Back to our text, Romans 8, verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. When we declutter those things, we make space for life, for bright things to flourish. The most, one of the most significant points on this in the New Testament is Paul's list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there is no confining. Instead, there is space. And space creates a place for that fruit to grow and thrive. Now, I want you to think for a minute about bright things flourishing. Andrew, what time do you want me to dismiss? What time do I have? Three. Okay, awesome. Cool. There was another sermon I was going to preach last time. I'm going to go ahead and do that one when we're done. I want you to think about bright things flourishing. And I'm going to give you a few illustrations for this because this is kind of like, as I was praying, I was like, Lord, I, there's something on this bright things flourishing that I really think we need to, to settle in with today. And so I'm going to take a little bit of liberty and a few illustrations here to drive the point home. If they're stupid and silly, just forget about them and, you know, forgive me later. Whatever you do, don't get anxious about it. In print, I don't know if you know this, in print, one of, one of the huge things, one of the huge uh, important factors in print is not just the black that's on the page. It's what printers call negative space. Right? Often we know it as margin, but it's more than just margin. The negative space actually refers to even the white in between the letters and the shapes of the font that is created for how it enables you to read the text as it's meant to be read. That negative space, that margin enables that to pop. For my day job, I do a lot of graphic design. And one of the things I have to do in graphic design is make sure that I'm not overwhelming a canvas, a graphic canvas, with so much visual and artistic information that nobody knows what to focus on. The, the bright, central things cannot flourish if there are just too many things on the whole page. So the decluttering and simplifying lets those 
specific bright artistic elements flourish. Think about communication for a second. Like I love theater, um, and for whatever reason, when I was in high school, I thought it'd be neat to memorize the prologue to Romeo and Juliet. I don't know why. Maybe I was like love stricken, you know. I'm gonna, I, I carried it around in my back. I carried a small copy around in my back pocket. I, what was I thinking, man? I had a toe ring. What's wrong with you? That's what dudes with toe rings do. They carry around Shakespeare. So I memorized the prologue, and I'm not going to do it all for you, but, but I just, 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 just real quickly, hear the difference, okay? Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona where they lay our scene. From ancient grudge to new mutiny break will civil blood make civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. No space. Two households, both alike in dignity. In fair Verona where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge to new mutiny break where civil blood makes civil hands unclean from forth. The fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. Whose misadventured piteous overthrows doth with their death bury their parents' strife. Right, you see the difference? One has no space. I don't even know what to listen to. The other has space for bright things to flourish. Now, my last illustration, I'm going to skip because I just have to. But I was, I'll explain it to you. You want me to do it? Okay, I'll do it. Just because just y'all said yes. I, I'm an aspiring jazz drummer, meaning I'm not a jazz drummer. <laughs> But I wish I was, right? I pretend like I am. I say things like, hey, what are those cats over there doing? <laughs> hey, right? I snap randomly when I'm walking places. Okay, that's back to theater. A concept I learned in jazz soloing when I was in college was the idea of space in a solo. And the difference is massive. You can rip out licks and cool stuff, but without space, without margin to bracket things, you don't even know what to listen to. Let me show you. One is really ugly. The other has just enough space to go, oh, he's, he's soloing. Oh, I want to listen to that a little bit. 
The space the Spirit invites us into says, I have to get rid of all the other noise because my space is a space where bright things are designed to flourish. Here is my question for you today. And it's the same question I have for me today. What bright things is the Spirit trying to breathe from your life and it can't come up because there's just too many other notes in there? There's too much other graphic in there. There's too much going on. Like, rip out some of the bushes so bright things can flourish. In Genesis 1, I love, and I love that we sang this today. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Do you get this? The Spirit of God was hovering over this dark primordial space moments before God's act of creation. You know what that tells me? The Spirit is always hovering over my space to create something new. Always. When I'm in that place, oh my God, this feels like dark, deep waters. What I need to know is, ooh, that means spirit's hovering. That means the spirit's brooding. That means God's about to say, let there be light. That means I've created enough space for him to bring bright things up and bright things to flourish. Let there be light. Bright things flourish when the spirit hovers over dark, watery, primordial spaces. And I got to think, some of you are like me. And you're looking at your life and going, I just see dark space. That's all I see. And somehow the Spirit's going, wait, 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 hold on. You forgot that I'm, I'm hovering there. I, I know it's dark now, but because I'm hovering means he's about to be speaking. Because he wants bright things to flourish. And here's the last one. I'm going to close with this. Zane, you can come. Here's the fourth one. The spirit who is spacious creates space. This is long. I'll repeat it. Creates space for simple abiding, long faithfulness, daily trust, and ready obedience. The spirit who is spacious creates space for simple abiding, long faithfulness, daily trust, and ready obedience. There's a reason. This one's in here. I couldn't escape it. It's not the way I would ever pick to end a sermon. I would actually just pick, end up with the last thing. But I knew I had to go here. And here's why. Go back to our text, Romans 8, 26. Listen. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So we talk a lot about like, oh, miracles, power of the Spirit. It's great. Yes. But he helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Are you ever there? I was there this week, like all week long. I, I, I cried so much this week, the shootings. Like, God, I don't know what to pray anymore. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. That is mind-blowing. With groanings that cannot, cannot be expressed in words good, because my prayer often feels like just groanings to me. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. What a relief. 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The Spirit, who is spacious, creates space for simple abiding, long obedience, daily trust, and ready obedience. Here's why this is so important. Because if we're not careful, when we delve into the Spirit life, what we get to what we begin to talk about and focus on almost exclusively is how much more power I can have, how much more prophetic whatever, how many more healings, how many more miracles, how much more fire can fall, how much more the place can be shaken. And I'm for it, all of it, all the time, yes. But sometimes we get so enamored with that, we forget that the spirit who makes space for miracles makes space in our weakness. He hovers in our pain. He intercedes for us when we don't know what else to pray. You know, you know this story of Mary and Martha, right, where Mary and Martha are entertaining Jesus in the home, and Martha's running around everywhere, like, making food and getting things ready for Jesus, and, and Mary's just sitting there at the feet of Jesus listening to him. And Martha comes and complains to Jesus, oh, teacher, tell my sister to help me do the dishes. She's not doing anything. I'm doing all the work. And what does Jesus say? Martha, there, there's a lot to do. But Mary's chosen what's better. See, Martha made all this space for serving Jesus, but no margin for sitting with him. No space for just abiding. I got to do more for him. I got to do more for him. Can you just sit with me for a minute? But, but, but he's filming with power. I got to go heal somebody. Yeah, 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 we'll get to that. Can you just sit with me for a minute? There's always dishes to do and people to heal. There's space to abide. The spirit who comforts us, this is the spirit who comforts us in sorrow, who rests on us in indescribable grief. It's the spirit who gently hovers in disappointment and dis discouragement. He's the spirit who prays through us, groans through us, intercedes for us. He's the spirit who empowers long faithfulness and breathes on the daily, ordinary, mundane. And the daily, ordinary, mundane can feel so unholy and unanointed. And yet, he's there in that. The Spirit who is spacious has made space to be with us in those moments too and to breathe on them and to empower us in them and to speak to us in them. And the reason why I wanted to end with this today is I'm going to read a liturgy that, that, that's really rocked me. And the, the reason why is I feel like if we're not careful, we will get lost in all those other great, wonderful aspects and on the days where we just feel like dark waters or feel like, you know, cluttered shrubs or a messy graphic design or an ugly drum solo, we forget that the Spirit's there. We forget that there's space in that place. And so I want you, do we have those papers? Okay. If I can get a couple of volunteers real quick to help pass these out. And did we get the liturgy? We don't need it yet, but we have it. Okay, sweet. I want to give you a second to look at this. Just, just take this artwork in. This is from a book by Douglas McKelvey called Every Moment Holy. He writes these liturgies. Um, he does not create the art. The artist's name that you're staring at, um, his name is Ned Bustard. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Ned, Ned the artist. How about that? I want you to look at this. But here's what you need to know. 
This goes right before liturgy that Douglas wrote. And the first time I read just the title, just the title of this prayer, and stared at this page, I wept. A liturgy for those who have not done great things for God. A liturgy for those, a prayer for those who have not done great things for God. I've stared at this artwork in my little book right here. And you know, when you look at it, you see this long row that goes up, right? This, this row we thought we'd be on, but why am I not up there? We see this, this knight in his armor, but his sword's down and his head's down. But you know what I see now? The spirit who hovers. And it breaks me. I see the spirit who hovers over the man who is slumped with his sword down going, God, I've not done great things for you. The spirit who is spacious makes space for you too. And so we're going to close today with this prayer, this liturgy. It's a wee bit long. (laughs) Probably his longest one in the entire book. But it's worth it. And we're going to close with this. And you can, you can stare up there and read it. I'm just going to read it to you. It's not going to be responsive today. Or you can stare at the drawing or a combination of both. But I want you to know that the spirit who is spacious and all those other things in freedom and power, he's with you in the days that you feel like you've not done great things for God. And he hovers when your sword's down. And your road's long. And your days are mundane. We can put that up. How many times have I been told, O Christ, by well-meaning people that it is my destiny and my charge to go out into the world and do great things for you? How many times in response have I prayed earnestly, asking that you would bring such things to pass, that you might use me mightily for the work of your kingdom? How many times have I then waited expectantly and waited and waited? For that great thing, whatever it might be, to be made obvious. How many times have I felt then the gradually settling weight of disillusionment, of disappointment and confusion when no great thing materialized, when no life-changing opportunity suddenly arrived at my doorstep, when no such moment of call or clarity was ever manifest at all? In the confused afterglow of those receding anticipations, I am always faced again with the unglamorous reality of my own life, of my ongoing failures simply to love well the people around me, and of my own ever-present struggle even to desire and to pursue a path of righteousness and obedience in my own small daily choices and habits. I am faced again with the same litany of tired old temptations towing their attendant shames. And in such times I am left, O Lord, wondering, if I have somehow missed your call completely, and whether I might just as well abandon this pilgrim path entirely, for I fear that you must see me as I see myself, unfit for any service to you or to your people or to this world. So tell me, my God, where is the disconnect between the life rife with breathtaking demonstrations of your power that I am told should be the hallmark of my walk with you Where is the disconnect between those fantastic notions and the reality of my actual life, which is filled with petty frustrations, mundane responsibilities, and constant reminders of my own failure to wear well 
the name of Christ. Was it wrong that I should even desire to do great things for you, Jesus? Am I amiss to plead that I might be mightily used in your works? Do I need more faith, more righteousness, more of your spirit? Or have you simply judged me unworthy of your service? Where? Oh, Lord, do I go from here? Oh, child of God, listen well and be comforted. He has never judged you unfit for any service he has called you to. For it is in Christ's righteousness he has clothed you. And his measure of greatness has never been your own. If you would pray to do great things for your God, then you must pray such prayers without regard for how they should be answered. Pray them knowing that in his true and holy reckoning, such greatness will most often be expressed in a long practice of humble and sacrificial servanthood, and not in any pursuit promising a rise to power, position, or prestige. His might is most often displayed as the grace that cradles and transcends our brokenness and poverty of spirit. If you would be so broken, that the light of his grace might be more visible within you, shining from your chipped seams and shattered fragments, then by all means, make such earnest requests of him. Make them with sincerity and without reservation. But if the root of your prayer is rather some desire for a heightened prominence or sense of accomplishment and worthiness in your own eyes or in the eyes of others, then it would be better not to pray such prayers at all. Examine well your heart and motives before asking that his greatness be displayed in your life. When he answers, it will not be on your terms. For it is not you that will do any great thing for God, but God laboring in you and through you who will greatly accomplish his own good purposes according to the workings of his sovereignty and love. Be liberated now from this burden of believing that I would say everything, not anything. Everything depends upon you. Because surely some things do. And so be liberated at last to give yourself to his joyful service and grateful response for the grace he has lavished upon you. You have till now been too invested in the result of your own efforts. As if those outcomes were a thing you could ever know or measure in this life. Be invested instead, child, in simple obedience to your king and in long faithfulness to his call. Shepherding daily those gifts and tasks and relationships, the mundane, he has entrusted to you regardless of outcomes and appearances. And he will bring all things right in his way and in his time. Isn't that what we just read in Romans 8? All he asks is your willingness. Your heart is in his hands. Your ways are in his hands. Your days are in his hands. Is that thing y'all have there? There you go. Be content in the station he has appointed you to in this season. Man, that's a tough one. Be content in the station he has appointed you to in this season, and yet be ever ready to move at the impulse of his love. Hmm. Tend well those things that are before you, however humble they may be. And he will lead you in time to other good works he has appointed for you, whether big or small, is of no matter. Heartaches. I'm going to switch over here real quick. Got it. Whether big or small is of no matter, he attaches no numbers to your service. It is your heart 
and faithfulness he appraises. Seek not your own glory. Seek God, and his glory will be seen in you, radiant in humility and in the strength of his might made manifest even in your brokenness. Evident even in the smallest of services rendered unto him or offered in his name, even though they be seen by none but you and him, your reward is secure. And here's the last chunk. The intercessor says this, is this still your heart's true desire then to do great works for the kingdom of heaven? It is. Though I had not known before even what it meant, I ask now for grace that I might truly and humbly repent of any root of vain glory buried in my former prayers. And I pray also for grace that I might now ask a right and purity of heart and the good works of God would be manifest in their many outworkings in my heart and life at all times and all endeavors, howsoever it pleases him. Now, child of God, avail yourself of his spirit that you might go and learn to love God and love others, practicing his mercies daily. There is no greater work appointed to you. Hallelujah. Then to this great work of learning to bear his lightness and his light, I commit my life. The intercessor replies, may he strengthen and encourage you and lead you gently in that good way. Go in peace now to do his will. Amen. To Christ be the glory. Amen. You bow your heads. Father, I want to thank you for sending your spirit. I thank you for these weeks of learning and instruction and, and experience in the spirit life and all that it brings us into, all that you, Holy Spirit, bring us into. And I thank you that you are the spirit who is spacious. I ask that you would forgive me for all the times that I've, I've limited you. I've limited where you are in a moment, what you think of me in a moment, how you might be working in me and through me in a moment. I confess my desire for what's grand and great, known, yet knowing deep in my core that you bring me often into things that are quiet and simple and ordinary, and yet you fill those things. You fill those spaces. Lord, I'm aware that people in this room may need to be invited into your spaciousness in very different ways. Some, they're overwhelmed with anxiety. Some, they need to be reminded of their identity as your child. Some would admit that their life is so cluttered and full, there, there are no bright things flourishing. There is no real fruit growing. It's just a mess. Some of us, heads down, swords on the ground, a long path in front of us, need to see today that even in that space, the Spirit of God hovers, ready to act, ready to comfort, ready to breathe life. In the words of Walter Brueggemann, there are a lot, there are a lot of things we don't know, but we know this, we've been breathed on. We've been breathed on. So Spirit who is spacious, would you breathe on us today? Breathe in this space and have your way in our hearts and in our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name.
Amen.